Well, if you're watching us there at home, uh, I want to encourage you to, to grab a Bible if you have one nearby and open it with me to Psalm 11. Psalm 11. I want to take just a few minutes tonight and, and uh, look in Psalm 11 uh, with you. And I think it's such an applicable psalm for the day and the age that we are living in. It also ties in with a wonderful word that we heard this past Sunday from Dr. Marcus Merritt as he preached from Isaiah chapter 6, reminding us uh, that we need to fix our eyes on God and that he still sits enthroned over all of heaven and all of earth. So let's look in Psalm 11 tonight. Uh, Follow along if you have your Bibles open there at home and hear the word of God. Psalm 11 verse 1, to the choir master of David, in the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Those opening verses of Psalm 11 certainly are an apt description uh, of what we see taking place in our world today, in our culture today. Uh, We hear uh, the words uh, being spoken that spiritual darkness seems to be prevailing, uh, that the enemy is on the attack, that the moral foundations of society are seemingly being destroyed. And the question is asked, what can the righteous do? And I'm so thankful that Psalm 11 doesn't end with verse 3, but it continues on and it responds to that, that question. It gives us the answer. Continue following along and hear the word of God. Psalm 11 verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. May the Lord bless this evening the reading and the teaching of his word. For just a few minutes tonight, let me share with you just a few devotional thoughts from the words of Psalm 11. We don't know the the historical background that prompted the writing of the psalm. We do know uh, that it was addressed to the choir master of David. Uh, It is perhaps a psalm of David, but if not David, then perhaps uh, some close associates of David. Uh, But nevertheless, it opens with a bold declaration, in the Lord I take refuge. And as believers tonight, we certainly share in that statement. Uh, to be a follower of Christ is to take refuge in Christ, to, uh, to be in the solid rock, to stand upon the solid rock, to be in Christ and to have him in us. So we, we have a commonality uh, with the psalmist in Psalm 11, verse 1. However, in the verses that immediately follow that bold declaration of confession and trusting in Yahweh, trusting in the Lord and taking refuge in him, Uh, the psalmist is immediately presented with a predicament. He's immediately presented with trouble. Uh, The world around him, life as he knows it, is seemingly falling apart. Uh, The one who speaks is not entirely known. 
Again, it's perhaps a close associate of David. It's someone who would care much for him, and they see what's happening surrounding David and his life and the confession that he has made in the Lord, and they, they see how things are, are going, and they're concerned. And so they say to him, Flee like a bird to your mountain. The wicked, they're bending the bow. They put their arrow on the string. Evil is on the march. The wicked are on the warpath. They shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. The sun is no longer shining. Darkness is covering the land. And then in verse 3, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? I think those words, again, are very fitting and uh, an apt description of what we see happening in our culture. The wicked seem to be prevailing. The attack against the believer is increasing. Darkness seems to be more than light. And the foundations of a moral society are certainly shaking. What can the righteous do? Before we move on to the second half of the psalm and and seek to answer that question, I think it's important that we remember that in verses uh, 2 and 3, The words that are spoken are are from a friend. They're from someone who is concerned about David. They're concerned about his well-being. They're concerned that because he has taken this stance in Yahweh and the wicked being turned against him, that he needs to take some some affirmative action. He he needs to do something. He needs to back away or get away. or he, 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 He needs to at least be alert. And as we hear their words, I think it's a reminder to us that we must always uh, be discerning in what we hear, be discerning in the wisdom that is shared. Uh, Again, the the words in verse 2 and verse 3 are are certainly true words. Uh, They're certainly right words describing the situation that was unfolding, but the wisdom that they wanted to impart wouldn't be wise to follow. You see, the words that are shared tell David to flee, get away, run and hide, be like a bird going to the mountain. Uh, They tell David to to fear. The wicked are seemingly going to prevail. They've already got the arrow on the string, David. There's nothing that you can do. Just be fearful. And then they tell him, just fret, just fret. The foundations are destroyed. What can you do? David, there's nothing left to do. You just got to worry. Just be anxious. But again, I'm thankful that the psalm doesn't end in verse 3. The psalm continues on, and the reminder that we are given in the verses that follow, the verses that conclude uh, this wonderful psalm, are the answer that we need. They remind us what to do when life is falling apart around us, when culture has gone crazy, when the wicked seem to be prevailing. In verse 4, the emphatic statement is made, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. We were reminded of this on Sunday together from Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne high and lifted up. Oh, David is reminding himself of the same reality that no matter what's happening around him, 
no matter what the world may be doing and no matter what is going on in culture, the Lord still rules and reigns. He is still sitting upon his throne. He is still in his holy temple. David's reminding us that our eyes simply need to be fixed upon the Lord. Turn your eyes to him. Be reminded again of whom you have taken refuge in. He says the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. He's ruling over all. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. Now, even as we remind ourselves tonight that the Lord is sitting upon his throne, that he is high and lifted up, that he is ruling in heaven and he rules over earth as well, that doesn't mean that he is distant. That doesn't mean that he is disconnected. No, David reminds us here in this psalm that his eyes still see. His eyelids test the children of man. The Lord's transcendence, his exaltedness, uh, it, it doesn't diminish his eminence. It doesn't diminish his activity among us. No, he is, he is intimately aware. He sees all, he knows all. His eyelids test the children of man. The Lord reigns. What should the righteous do? The righteous should remember that God's still on the throne. But David continues on in verse 5. He says, The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked, and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. Oh, we need to remember not only does our God reign, not only is he ruling, not only is he active in that reign, but he also judges. Our God judges. The psalmist reminds us of this in verses 5 and 6. He tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Oh, the Lord is not unaware of all that's taking place. He, he sees the wicked. That is wickedness that is playing out, and he sees the wicked ones who are involved in its action. The psalmist here is reminding us that the Lord truly cares for his own. He truly is on their side, and that those who are against him, he will surely judge. And the judgment that he will mete out will be no light affair. Verse 6 gives us language that many times we aren't quite comfortable with, but nevertheless it reminds us that, that God is holy and his justice will be meted out in wrath. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. Well, we need to be reminded that in these days where it seems that so much is going against us and so much is contrary uh, to what we see Scripture teaching and uh, darkness seems to be more than light and that which is good is now called evil and that which is evil is now called good. Let us not forget that the Lord will judge. The Lord will judge. And when God's judgment comes, it will come in all of its fullness. The wheels of God's justice sometimes from our perspective turn slowly. Hey, as a matter of fact, uh, just a few psalms later in Psalm 13, the psalmist asks, How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? And we find ourselves asking that same question. 
Sometimes it seems from our perspective that God's plans are unfolding slowly, that his wills of justice are turning at a snail's pace. But let me remind you tonight that while the wills of God's justice may turn slowly, they will always grind finally. His judgment will be meted out. He will judge the wicked. And then in verses 7, in verse 7, the psalmist reminds us, for the Lord is righteous. He, he takes us back to the character of God, and he loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. The psalmist opened in verse 1 with his declaration of refuge in the Lord. In Yahweh I take refuge. He saw the Lord as a place of safety, a place of protection. But by the time we get to the end of the psalm, his, his concern is no longer that of simply protection from God, but communion with God. He tells us the upright shall behold his face. And what a wonderful promise that we have today. That no matter what is happening around us, no matter what will happen in the days ahead, no matter how wicked this world may become, our God is reigning and ruling. He will judge in righteousness, and those who are his will one day behold his face. Psalm 23 is that most familiar psalm for many of us, one that many can quote from heart. And I love how the psalmist, how David ended that psalm there. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And here it is. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And do you know what we'll do in his house forever? Behold his face. We will be with him. And he will be with us. Psalm 11 reminds us that this world is really not our final home. That the wickedness that we see happening around us will one day be vanished. It will one day be extinguished. It will one day be no more, and the wicked will be no more. But the righteous, those who take refuge in the Lord, they will behold his face. What a wonderful promise God gives us tonight. Let's pray.